Hi, and welcome to MentorCore. If you're new here, we're a community focused on helping people in the security, risk, and compliance fields grow their careers and leadership skills through mentoring. You can find more information about MentorCore at mentorcore.biz. I'm Dan Ayala, along with Lisa Beth Lentini Walker. Now, on to this week's discussion. My name is Lisa Beth Lentini Walker. Um, I am excited to be here because this is another MentorCore session. Um, and MentorCore is something that Dan and I dreamed up um, almost two years ago uh, when we thought about what there was a need for in, in, you know, in our lives and what we wish we had um, along our career journeys. And one of the things we kept coming back to is that um, people who are in the risk, compliance, security, all of these kind of guardian fields um, need more connectedness and mentoring than ever before. Um, and it is something that we are both dedicated and passionate about. So we started this MentorCore series and we have a fabulous guest today. Um, but before we go to Candace, um, I, in my uh, regular job, run a group called Lumen Worldwide Endeavors, where we help companies put values into action through compliance, ethics, and governance programs. And my buddy, Dan, Hello. who I get to spend time with is here too. Tell, me, <laughs> tell us about you, Dan. Hi, everybody. I'm Dan Ayala. I'm the managing partner of Socratic, a, uh, a boutique security and privacy consultancy providing virtual CISO and privacy officer services mm -hmm. to smaller organizations. It's uh, all about strategic security and privacy. And um, But what I really love to do is, uh, is, is working with people and helping grow people um, either inside organizations or in groups like this, which is why it's so great to have Candace here today. Um, Candace, welcome. It's really great to have you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, and uh, what's your what's your bat what's your origin story? <laughs> <laughs> Hi Dan, thanks so much, and thanks to Elizabeth also for inviting me today. Um, my origin story: Well, I um, I originate from England. I think probably most of your audience could tell that. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm Candice Tallon, CEO of Infratel Worldwide. Uh, we are a global risk management and investigations firm working in 160 countries. I've owned my business for well over 30 years. Uh, I probably shouldn't say how many exactly. <laughs> but, Why is it uh, one of your security questions? I know. <laughs> that was perfect, Dan. <laughs> so um, so I, we traverse both uh, investigation, security, um, but also risk and compliance. Uh, obviously, most of the investigative what we do um, is about mitigating and managing risk for clients. And um, so I've lived in the States for close to 40 years and love it. That's my origin story and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Sounds good. And uh, welcome. We're really glad to have you. Thank so, you. Yeah, so one of the things that we were, we were talking about that we wanted to talk about today was mentoring and entrepreneur, entrepreneurship through times of turmoil. And I don't know about you, but there's been, a, I, I feel like it's been a time of turmoil for the last two years, but that's, you know, for many people, this goes further back than that. Do you want to talk a little bit about just start with how, you know, how, how does turmoil play into your life and into, and how did that lead toward, you know, toward your paths in mentorship? Sure. So, um, well, it's a big subject for me, at least. Um, number one, I love what you guys do. I love MentorCore and everything um, that you're both involved with. 
uh, as you know, I track and follow you through uh, online, through all of these avenues that you're uh, involved with. And um, so mentoring for me is really a, a big, uh, an important subject also. Um, I was just uh, sharing with Dan and Beth, at uh, least Beth, that, um, that I've been mentoring actually since I was in my twenties, which most of us don't think about uh, our involvement in mentoring. Some people don't even go along in life and in their professional careers thinking about, should I be mentoring other people? Should I be looking for my own mentors? Um, and I would say that during times of turmoil, uh, whether it's COVID-related pandemic turmoil, uh, market fluctuation turmoil, particularly for people that are entrepreneurs, um, like uh, as we all are. And, you know, how do you deal with that? Who do you, who do you reach out to in your life? Um, how do you reach out to other people to help them along? So I think it's really a, a lot of give and take. It's not, if you're just um, taking from other people, think about giving back also. Uh, giving back in terms of mentoring other people. And it's difficult to do that in times of turmoil. It's difficult to do that if the markets are going up and down. I'm not talking about stock markets, but I'm talking about as an entrepreneur, when you're in business, business fluctuates. It goes up and down. It's a really bumpy road. Uh, every, lots of people think um, it's going to be smooth sailing all the way. Absolutely not. That is just not going to happen. <laughs> Anybody tell, who's told you in business that it's smooth sailing all the way is most likely lying to you. <laughs> right, right. So. I think so. I mean, um, I know early on in business, there's a lot of like, what I feel like is a lot of boom and bust. Like you're like in this time of plenty. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, where's the next thing coming from? Because it's nowhere near what it was. And how are we going to get over this hurdle? Do you think that it's, do these different phases of maturity of a business play into that as well? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, not only the phases of maturity of the business, but our own, um, I don't want to say maturity of our, for ourselves, but our own experience phase, right? Yeah, if you've been through economic downturns before, you have an idea of how they're going to roll through. Um, good, bad, and ugly, because there are times when it's uh, pretty ugly, and then there are times when it's the opposite of that, and it's good, and, and, but knowing how to manage that is also complicated. Um, every entrepreneurial ride, um, whether you're in a growth cycle or if you're in a uh, decline or downward cycle, can be very complicated to manage. And if you're just on a you know, level platform of your growth, so growth often goes up in stages. Um, so you may be growing and then you may platform off for a while and then you may be have, a growth, uh, have another growth spurt and then platform off at that level, hopefully. Um, so all of those are difficult to manage. And as you gain more and more experience in each level, um, that doesn't mean that you're completely prepared for the next level, but that experience base, so you draw on it, right? You draw on your inner strength, you draw on your resourcefulness, you, you learn how to reach out. I think that's probably one of the biggest things to know uh, as an entrepreneur is that number one, we're all resourceful people, hopefully, uh, I'm sure everybody on this call is a resource, resourceful person. If you're not a resourceful person, become one. It's easy. Start reaching out to other people. That's what being resourceful is about. We know how to study. 
studying is about researching and using other people's resourceful ideas that have already been documented for you in books, right? It's just be another way of being resourceful. And so, you know, today we look things up on Google. Google's our, our resource guru. It's a, it's a friend and a foe. A friend and a foe, definitely. Right, Dr. Google is like terrifying. I know, um, right? <laughs> I have every disease on earth. Yeah. Right, right. Like, I, I shouldn't be moving anymore. <laughs> but being, resor being resourceful is great and easy for us to say, for those of us to say that have either, that are either comfortable doing it or mm -hmm. have become comfortable doing it. <clears throat> but it's often difficult for people to try and, especially when starting out, in a world in which the things we see paint very rosy pictures, as you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. um, how can people that are to this point where they need help, but either are afraid to ask for it or don't know how to formulate the question, how can they start to look at, 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 at addressing those issues, addressing those things so that they can reach out to people beyond what Google can feed back because you do have to take some of those results with a grain of salt might be somebody selling something might be counter perspectives that you see two things that say exactly the opposite that never happens on the internet. Mm -hmm. um, but starting to solicit <laughs> that advice, how, how does somebody go about making that leap into the uncomfortable conversation of I need help. Right. So um, baby steps, as with everything. Take, break it down, chunk it down into, into bite-sized steps that you are comfortable taking. If you're not comfortable taking a step, you probably won't take that step. Um, the more you take small steps, the further forward you progress. So try to, try to create a construct around it that helps to shape the forward movement, that forward momentum. Because if you're not, if you have no forward momentum, then you're static. It doesn't mean good, bad, or ugly. Uh, it could be that you're just in a holding pattern. Uh, most people end up being in a hold, holding pattern because they fear taking that next step. So um, there are lots of techniques uh, available to us, thankfully. Number one, um, nobody knows what you're thinking. So you can write it down for yourself, <laughs> for example. You know, what would be a question I'd love to ask, but I'm afraid to ask? And then try to break that down. Sometimes what I like to do is I'll flip things over and, you know, try to create a question from the opposite standpoint. Well, what if I don't do that? What would happen then? Or what if I turn it on its side? What if I approach it from a completely different angle? Or what if I imagine I was somebody else asking that question? How would I go about asking it? There are lots of ways to be creative about asking questions um, and then find a place that you feel comfortable at. Uh, and if you don't feel comfortable, try it out with maybe um, a close confidant or a friend uh, and say, you know, I've got this situation going on at work or in my career or in my business. And I can't really turn to uh, other people because confidentiality reasons, perhaps, or um, Maybe you need to sterilize, you know, uh, neutralize the information that obviously you're not going to, I'm not going to share anything with a, with a friend about what's going on in my business because everything is confidential. Mm -hmm. um, but you can take a situation, neutralize the content, and then ask somebody, well, what would you do in a situation like this? You know, hypothetically, 
Um, and if that's not available, then in other words, because you can't even mention anything about it, we, we've done very, very confidential, extremely confidential work, uh, as I'm sure you both have also, that I, there's no way I'm gonna share anything. So um, in that case, I might um, sit down and just sort of create an outline of what do I think should happen? What are the steps I think I should follow? And then I'll go through and I'll critique my own steps. You know, you can be your own, we're usually our own best critics, right? <laughs> Why not use that to your advantage? <laughs> you know, write out what, these are the things I think I'm gonna do. Um, these are things that I think I could be doing. And these are things I think that maybe I should be doing, but can't for whatever reason, I'm stuck, I'm afraid. Fear is a huge driver of failure, unfortunately. Um, and actually most of the things we fear in life, when we actually have to face them, are not really that bad as we think they're gonna be. Right. So that's what I tend to do. I try to just really chunk it down to the smallest steps and then start taking them. Um, sometimes you can just dive right in and take the step, the whole step wow. and see what happens. You know, most of the time we're resourceful enough that we can fix things. I, I used to tell um, my staff, you know, if, if uh, you know, most of the things that you fail on in life are recoverable, right? Except for obviously death. I mean, if you end up killing yourself, obviously- you There are some limitations nothing there. You can, nothing you can do about that <clears throat> or dismemberment, but that's not gonna happen in the work world, right? Normally it's not gonna happen. So um, sometimes you have to take a risk. That's what taking risk is about. And the rewards normally are there for taking risks. Um, but you take an educated risk. Mm -hmm. And if you're not sure, before you take that step, start planning it out. Uh, I learned that years ago before I had this business, I was in uh, environmental engineering and I worked with civil engineers. And I learned that from them um, because buildings cannot fail, right? <laughs> you don't want a water treatment plant or a wastewater treatment plant to fail. So everything has to be planned to the nth degree. And so you have to uh, account for every possible um, failure point. And so there's a lot to be learned from that, you know, in terms of risk management, same thing. You know, you don't wanna get to the, to the failure point. The whole idea is to, to identify, manage and mitigate risks. Right. So, Let's talk a little bit about, I, right? So I've got so many things running through my mind. Number one, like we are trained to mitigate and avoid risk because that's kind of what we do. We're supposed to find out where the, the ugly things are and kind of package them up and, 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 and avoid um, touching the, the, you know, <laughs> the live wire. Um, how did you like wake your way through the scariest risk? and the scariest time that you had to deal with in your career? Well, in my career, so there are two answers to that. One is uh, in the work that I've been doing for the last 30 odd years. Um, so some of the people that we come across are definitely criminal and some of them are very serious criminals. Uh, organized crime folks are, are not a party, definitely. <laughs> so those are some difficult things. 
Uh, we also do arm protection work because that's another aspect of security. So we, we, we do work on threat risk assessments that are about death threats in the workplace. And those are, those are always a problem, potentially, because by the time clients call us, they're, they're in a difficult situation. And so we've done hundreds of uh, workplace violence cases. Um, so those are, are, there's definite risk involved there and lots of different types, every type that you can think of. And in fact, over the course of, um, of being in business in the security and investigations field, we've encountered thousands of people, thousands of cases that are complex like that. Risky, very high risk, even extremely high risk. And clients are, are often themselves in that situation where they need us to be there for them to be calm, to help them think through how do, we, how do they respond? You know, what do you do when you've got criminal elements in your organization? What do you do when you've got a death threat? Maybe it's against you or, or your CEO or our coworkers. Uh, and it's a real death threat. Um, so, you know, we, we deal with that all the time. And then I've also, probably I got trained for this um, when I was in uh, the environmental engineering field because we would do um, very physically dangerous um, environmental remediation product, projects. And I was the manager of those projects. Uh, and some of them were extremely dangerous where we'd have sulfuric acid lines and nitric acid lines that crossed one another. And you've got a huge open pit, you've got a crane. Uh, one time we had a, uh, a backhoe operator that nearly fell into, the, into a 30 foot hole. <laughs> You know, um, and so it's a it's really about all kinds of risk, and I think this is true in um, in many aspects of the com compliance field. Also, you know, you've got compliance, you've got health and safety compliance aspects, uh, in addition to the things that we normally are coming across, which is more on the regulatory compliance side. So you know, you've got uh, facilities in other countries that you wouldn't want to send people out to that are not protected, for example, right? And then, you know, you, you wouldn't want to send an attorney or an accounting, forensic accounting team to certain parts of Mexico or to certain uh, countries in Africa that may have uh, a lot of civil unrest. So there's a lot of different, um, when we talk about danger, that's it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting a little bit off track here. No, I mean, I think it's really interesting to contextualize, like, I don't think I'm falling into a 36 foot hole today, um, but yet I have to take some business risk. It's just a little bit different in terms of, uh, you know, where the worry is and how long it will take to, to deal with the consequences of that not working out. Yeah, and you may have field teams that are um, doing things that are relatively dangerous, even, even when we're talking about FCPA compliance, for example, you know, uh, and why are they not telling you about the things that the dangers that they're facing? Uh, we see that a lot. Uh, we see um, dangerous bribery situations. And the field team might say, come back to the compliance team and say, hey, I'm, there's no way I'm going to do this. Or they may say nothing because they're afraid to. And so how do you, how do you overcome that? What is the bridge uh, that needs to be forged and built between the compliance team and, and the people who are out there in country 
Uh, and by the way, that can happen here in the US as well. It's not just another, it's not just in emerging um, economies and high risk, high growth uh, areas it can happen here as well. Candace, one of the things you and I have talked about, and 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 I know you you believe firmly in, is around the necessary for, necessity for resilience as an entrepreneur. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so before we talk, before we get into you know the men, some of the more mentoring pieces of it, yeah, you know, people who are going into an entrepreneurial field or starting something new, um, I guess talk a little bit about some of the chops that you need from a resiliency perspective in order to make it in the in in the entrepreneurial world mm -hmm. sure so um i think over, you develop resilience over time and i think that's really has a lot to do with experience um so you know if you're just moving from company to company you see that a lot today where people are moving from company to company you're not necessarily developing a lot of resilience along the way resilience more happens more when you really are encountering difficulties so it's your experience base of handling difficulties that builds resilience, right? Um, so I think it is really has a um, so there there are a lot of elements to each of these things, and they're all sort of intertwined. Intertwined. Um, so you can build resilience by having mentors, right, that help you navigate difficult um, areas that help you navigate into new directions in your career. Um, so that's one aspect, maybe that's sort of the, the elemental aspect of resiliency. How do you build it? How do you develop it? How do you become a resource yourself to other people? How do you bring people along the way with you? Uh, these all sort of intertwine together. And then there's um, actual resilience. So let's say you're an entrepreneur today going through market turmoil. Uh, some companies are growing dramatically uh, during COVID uh, for reasons that I won't get into right now, but I think probably we're all familiar with some of them. Um, and then there are companies who are suffering terribly. Uh, a lot of small businesses have already gone under. That's not unusual. We saw the same thing back in uh, 2007, 2008, and 9, mm -hmm. where millions of small businesses went under. Uh, and they're not just all tiny businesses. Some of them are pretty substantial size. Um, but for the most part, the biggest number of businesses that go under in times of turmoil are the smaller businesses. And that's a terrible thing. It's a tragedy. Uh, it really is for, for the people concerned, for the families. And what do you do if you're facing that? You feel like you're going to fall right off the abyss, into the abyss, right? You're right at the edge. You're going to fall off. Um, so. Uh, I learned a lot myself in my own business back in 2007, actually, is when the financial crisis started to happen and deepen. It deepened by 2008, um, where we lost, we had stellar clients. We've always had stellar business clients, and we still do today, thankfully. Um, and we, we didn't lose any clients, but they stopped sending work. And so we lost about 75% of our business revenue in a matter of weeks. If you're an entrepreneur, you know what that means. That means that your cash flow is going to fall off into the abyss in probably a, around two months because you know of the cycling of cash. So about two months after that started to happen, we were, you know, you get into 
very difficult decision points. When do you have to let go of staff? Well, as an entrepreneur, you never want to let go of your staff because it took forever to create your staff and build them and educate them and train them and all those good things. And usually you've got a great team. Uh, I've always had great teams around me and, um, and I value all my employees. Um, but when you're in a time of, of that kind of crisis, you have to make very, very difficult decisions. And then that may not be enough. So you let go of employees, but that's not gonna be enough either to recover your business. So I think that the, the critical things that I learned, and it took me a year of very tearful nights, <laughs> um, of, well, one day I, I was actually driving home and I had a sort of a light, a light bulb moment and I thought, wait a second, if I was just starting out my company and I had the revenue stream that I still have today at that time, I would be breaking open a bottle of champagne and celebrating, right? Because I'd be thrilled with having uh, clients and business. Right. And so instead of, I thought, wait a second, I'm crying over the business that I've lost. So as entrepreneurs, anybody that's on the call or listening in the future, if you're an entrepreneur and you're going through a difficult time, or if you're an employee and going through a difficult time, and you're thinking, well, maybe I'd like to go out and start my own business. Number one, it's a bumpy road. <laughs> number two, be resilient, be resourceful, number three. Number four, if you face difficulty, Think like a startup company. Think like a startup. Re-examine everything in your business. Does it have to be done that way? Can it be done better? Can it be streamlined? Other uh, technological advances that you haven't taken um, advantage of? Um, what are you doing for your networking? Business networking is essential um, because if you don't network, you're probably not being um, active enough in your and bringing new sales in, new mm -hmm. leads, new contacts. Mm -hmm. And so no matter how bad your business is, you've got to stop and, and think about what am I going to do next to bring in more clients, more business. And really, really sort of on the resiliency note, ask other people to give you feedback about what's great about you. What is unique about you? What is unique about your company? What do they think of you? Because number one, it will be a big boost for you. Um, because if you are going through turmoil, the biggest thing you, that on your mind is, um, am I failing? Nobody wants to fail. So how do you boost that? How do you boost and bring yourself out of that sort of negative self-talk? Um, and so reach out. That's the biggest message. Reach out, um, speak to other people, if you're not actively mentoring, even in terms of turmoil, when you don't think there's another minute in the day you could possibly do another thing, that's the time you should think about doing something else. When you reach out to other people, something amazing happens. <clears throat> you get energy from them. You get positive feedback from other people. And particularly if they know you're having difficulties, they're going to want to support you. People want to help us. And that was the hardest lesson I learned back in the financial crisis was I never, ever asked for help. I just never did my whole life. Um, and I learned to ask for help and help came to me in, from places I could never have dreamt of. And it, it really helped me to recover my business. 
and today I have a growing, th uh, thriving business. And as a result of that resilience that I learned back then, we are in a much uh, better position to deal with turmoil now. And so that's my message to all of your listeners is one turmoil creates that experience and resilience that brings you through another turmoil more smoothly. Never give up, stay focused, never give up, keep it moving forward, stay as positive as you can in the moment and find people who can lift you up. Um, and that was one of the quotes that I had uh, earlier. Um, we haven't uh, talked about those quotes, but um, I think one of the quotes from, uh, I think it was Oprah, was surround yourself with people that lift you up. Mm -hmm. Very important. Um, that was something I really, really learned back then. And I hadn't really paid attention to that in the past. And I think most people don't. Hey everybody, it's uh, Dan Ayala just uh, jumping in here at the end of this episode to let you know that the second half of this interview with Candace Tal will be in next week's podcast uh, when we'll talk with Candace about mentoring uh, in business. Subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast app or go to our YouTube channel and uh, click subscribe there and you'll get notified uh, when that episode drops every Thursday. We look forward to seeing you then. Thanks. Thanks.